Hail to the football team. Hail victory. Football team on the warpath. Fight for old football team. FP. <laughs> what a massive, 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 massive win the football team put up on Monday in prime time, kind of, Monday afternoon, TV against the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. Just a massive win. Great to see that the team is finally clicking. The Ron Rivera message is working. I mean, all, all phases of the game was just phenomenal. It's third win in a row. I mean, I, there are so many words to be spoken about how awesome this team is playing right now. But what are your instant reactions to what happened on Monday afternoon? Instant reactions. Uh, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, I love you guys so much. Just seeing the team kind of play for each other and the defense play for the offense, the offense play for the defense, and just seeing like a a whole unit on the field, all three phases of the game just firing. It was just, it was amazing to see. And, And the resiliency of this team, I think, is what's getting everybody sort of drinking the Kool Aid right now. Well, I mean, to be fair, it wasn't pretty the whole game, right? Started off down 14, had the massive goal line stand. I mean, that that was really that Chase Young tackle uh, really changed the game. And if you actually look at that play, Chase was supposed to be unblocked because when a defensive end has to run 10 yards to stop a guy getting one foot, I mean, you're supposed to leave him unblocked because he's not going to get there. But Chase Young defies all odds and just gets there. Massive. I mean, the the guy didn't put up a single sack, but you could say had one of his probably one of his best games of his short career so far. Absolutely. And it just the the team as a whole, like so yeah, we we came out and the defense the first two series was great, right? Two three and outs for the Steelers right off the bat, which they almost never do. Uh, I don't think that was the case at all this season up until that point. And it's just, they, they came out firing and then sort of the Steelers were the Steelers, right? Like you still have big Ben, you still have an incredible receiving core on that team. And they, they figured it out right in the first half. And and then all of a sudden you're down 14 zero and the, the PTSD that we all have of this franchise, we're like, all right, that's game. We're done. This is over. But the difference is Ron Rivera, and the difference is Jack Del Rio, and the difference is this team has been drilled into their head over and over and over again. We play to win. We play to fight. It's not over till it's over. And it worked. Somehow it worked, and the players all saw 14-0. They didn't get worried. They they played their game. They knew each other. They knew what everybody was capable of. And bam, just like that, we're right back in it. Um, a little bit of cheating with Alex Smith on that field goal and taking the ball. But, hey, I mean, heads up play. That That's not cheating. So that that's, that's a little Alex it's being a little smart. Cheating. No, it's not because you got to replace the ball for the kicking. Like the, there's a separate ball for kickers, right? It's got the K on it. So he's running off the field with the game ball. So that the refs can quickly put the kicking ball down. 
Right, that's but smart. There's nothing. It's, no, it's, there's it's nothing cheating up, about that. It, it's a definitely a heads up play, but ninety nine point nine percent of every other time that's ever happened, the refs will use the game ball. No, they don't. The kick. Yeah, no. If no, if don't. you're if you're against the clock, the refs will use the same ball from the previous play to kick the field goal, and Alex knew that, took the ball with him, and essentially bought us. Some time. I mean, it was it was a heads up play, but I mean that that is Alex Smith in a nutshell, right? Like the football IQ is so much higher than anything we've sort of had on this team that he was able to do something like that, and it and it worked in our favor. And and the whole yeah. reason why we're three and one with Alex or whatever is alone his football IQ, game manager or not, deep ball shots or not. His IQ is what's getting us these wins. Well, if you're talking about football IQ and Alex, which we all agree is very high, two boneheaded sacks on that drive, right? He's got to know you cannot take a sack. You've got to throw the ball away, whatever it is. I mean, inexcusable, but but he kind of made up for it by that by that. You know, running Look, off the I field. Mean, I mean, sacks are gonna happen though, but yeah, but on that drive, you gotta throw the ball away. I mean, that's that's literally why Dwayne Haskins got benched, right? It was that plus, you know, fourth down and throwing it out of bounds. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I mean, uh, overall, like Alex reason, had, had a phenomenal game, right? Like phenomenal game, and and the reason why call him check down Charlie all you want. Yeah, he he executed the game plan to perfection. He knew exactly. How to get, you know, how to beat Pittsburgh. They took Scary Terry out of the game. You have two catches. They have like 20 yards or something like that. It was right. AG they, goes they, out and they five basically minutes. took him out of the game. AG was out with the first five plays, and he found ways to find other receivers to get other playmakers involved. And at this point in the season, you can't say that the that the team doesn't have playmakers. We see what JD McKissick has done. You see what Logan Thomas has done. These are guys that we were not counting on in August or in September and are now playing very meaningful minutes uh, for, yes, for the team. Guys we weren't counting on in November. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, they're Before stepping they started up the and, and the, the playmakers are becoming playmakers. And it's amazing that essentially we're seeing this happen like nationwide to quote unquote primetime games even though they're technically not the eight o'clock primetime slot, but I mean nationally televised or whatever. I think Monday. Right, but this was out. Not. but yeah, still, but still, everyone was watching. Everyone was watching. Everyone, everyone's finding a way to watch. Yeah. The 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 thing that I loved about the win on Monday, um, aside from the resiliency and and just the the grit to come back in halftime and just kind of completely shut down Pittsburgh's offense and then to completely just have your playmakers rise up, right? The thing that I loved the most about this is Monday was a statement game for Ron Rivera. And it was a statement game for the team. And it's almost like a, a like a two two pronged victory, right? Like you have the actual victory, right? Where it gets you in the playoff hunt, meaningful December game possibly fighting for a wild card spot as well, which is insane to me. But then you also have your culture change victory. And 
if you didn't see the culture change victory before Monday, you saw it after Monday's game where this team and and just their their ability to come out and go against an undefeated team and a perennial amazing coached franchise Steelers team with a future Hall of Famer quarterback like this team for how young they are they came out and 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 it's that culture that Ron Rivera has been preaching to them over and over again that's what we saw and and it was it was so amazing to see that even more than than the Cowboys victory it was just so amazing to see that the players are buying in and I think that's what we all saw the players are buying into Ron Rivera's mentality and 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 it's just working yeah i mean you saw morgan moses say at the end of the game not a minute of practice is wasted under ron rivera which i mean maybe a shot at the old regime but even take the old regime out two regimes ago i mean i think morgan moses was there as well it doesn't really matter what matters is ron rivera said you do it my way you get the credit you win it's on me if you lose, right? And and we're starting to see. And he he talked he preached earlier in the season about learning how to win. I think this team has learned how to win. If you look at like defensive, I, I saw this the other day. Um, over the last seven games, points that the Redskins or that the football team has given up, the Giants they gave up seven. The Cowboys they gave up zero. The Giants they gave up three. The Lions okay that was a dud. They gave up thirteen. The Bengals they gave up zero. The Cowboys three. The Steelers three. What does that mean about halftime adjustments by the coaching staff and the players being able to execute on that? That's that's huge. I mean, that's that's literally what we've been wanting for in D.C. since we were born. Right. We've never seen, you know, outside of the, the first few years of our lives. Sure. We, we were winning Super Bowls and all that. But in, in most recent history or even, you know, let's say 20 years we have not seen halftime adjustments at all from this franchise. And to see that is just phenomenal. I mean, yeah, I, I know mean, I've said that before, but I'm so pumped about this team. I'm so excited about these next four games and what's possible. Win, lose, or draw, whatever it is, you know, make the playoffs or not make the playoffs. This franchise is headed in the right direction. And under Ron Rivera, I'm excited to see, you know, kind of how this is going to play out. I also like we also have to give the love to Jack Del Rio. I mean, I'm, there was a couple games there in the beginning of the season where you and I were like, "F Jack Del Rio, like what's he doing? He's wasting all this talent on No, he's he's making this defense legit, right? And even like Ray Lewis I think was was on an interview or something or some show and he was like, "I played for JDR when when he got his first Super Bowl with the Ravens, he's like, he's a coach where you want to play for him. You want to run through a brick wall for him. You want to just do everything that he says and then some. And and you can see just like the excitement, right? And like a little bit of that swagger and just like the attitude that this defense has. Like we are now defining ourselves as that dominant defensive like just nasty team. And then you have Alex and the offense on the other side, not flashy, not exciting. Sure. You'll get some big shots with Terry or the captain as we're going to refer to him now or whatever, but 
as long as the offense doesn't throw the game away, the defense can do so much more to get us that victory. And that's sort of becoming our, like, just our, just the, the definition of this team is, is defense first by all means, which is crazy because this is the first time since, like, Marty Schottenheimer that we've had two defensive-minded coaches, like, leading this team. And look, all of a sudden, it's working. All of a sudden, these games, you're you're never out of it, right? We've never been out of any of the games. And it's because of Ron and, and JDR. Yeah, and, and that's also Alex's MO his whole career. Like, he's, he's never going to throw away a game. You know, here and there, sure, he throws his picks or whatever. But for the most part, Alex is not the type of quarterback to really throw away a game. He's going to keep you in that game really till the last two minutes, and then he'll be able to convert. But going back to your point, I want to I want to give a shout-out to a guy who I think we've been pretty tough on, um, you know, over the past few years, and DeShazer Everett. That dude is a hard-ass, um, you know, his tackles, just physicality is just, you can see it on the field. How many times did Steelers receivers, you know, shorthand alligator hand a ball because DeShazer is right there, you know, about to get a hit on them. You can tell with him back there, the physicality, the receivers are just scared or, or like are just more scared. It's, and it really, it shows across the whole, you know, the whole defensive unit. Right. And, and, and you sort of see the contrast between a Jay Gruden team and a Ron Rivera team in DeShazer Everett himself, right? Under Jay Gruden's team, Dude couldn't make it off special teams, right? He he was never entrusted to be a safety. He was never entrusted with big game time moments. Ron and JDR clearly saw that he's like a beast, right? Like he's he's fiery. He wants the big hit. Like safeties get burned. That's a normal thing. All safeties get burned. Pro bowlers, Hall of Famers, whatever. But like he's sort of like that, like the like that just piranha a or something. just the heart dude. on the defense and like he's just and the the thing is he's just an average joe right like he's like an average joe with like the london fletcher physicality and mentality to him like i'm gonna hit you and i'm you know i might get penalized every once in a while but um he's just he's just an like he's just a dude right and it, i don't know I, I love seeing stories like that yeah i he's, love seeing he's, him i love seeing cam curl um, yeah, these you know, aren't Chase Young generational talents back there making plays. They're just your mid-round whatever signed guys stepping up. Yeah, to I don't the even plate. know if he was even drafted. Yeah, I mean, I mean knowing knowing was, our team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But either way, I mean, th- the physicality on defense is really showing. Um, yeah, I mean, D-Hop, special teams, NFC special teams player of the week. We were talking about cutting him two weeks ago. We're literally the whole fan base was talking about cutting him two weeks ago. Now he's defensive player, you know, defensive uh, or sorry, special teams player of the week. Right, and you got to think maybe it really was the injury, and and props to the coaching staff and the trainers for being like, look, dude's got a little injury. Once he gets over it, he'll go back to being the reliable kicker that we know he is. And and we rode that wave, and we didn't make any like quick moves. And good good for the team to kind of stick it out with him. I mean, this team, 
and 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 Ron Rivera, like the decision making earlier in the year, there were some questions, right? It kills us right now that we didn't do the two point or that we did the two point conversion with the Giants. It killed us that like with the Cardinals game and we had a chance we didn't take timeouts to reserve clock or whatever. Like that decision making was questionable. But every single week, Ron Rivera and the team have been gelling, clicking, making smarter decisions, smarter plays. Scott Turner has been calling better and better plays. Like you, you just see a steady progression from week to week to week. And I think a lot of it, a lot of it has to be that, like, I think now that Ron is fully focused on the team, right? No more chemo, no more treatment, no more sitting on the sidelines, no more riding a golf cart in practice. I think the players are seeing sort of like that hard ass that we knew Ron Rivera was, like when he was with Carolina, and and they're they're loving it, right? They're eating it up right now. And this is sort of like their first few weeks where they're getting like 100% Ron Rivera. And and it's like you can see the correlation between the two. Absolutely. I think that's enough praise um, for the football team. We, we got to look forward, right? The Giants, I mean, Colt McCoy and Alfred Morris and whoever else was a former Redskin at the time. Graham Gano. The Seahawks, Graham Gano in Seattle, right? So – that's a pretty impressive win on its own. Looks like Daniel Jones is probably coming back this week. I mean, how is this going to play? I think losing to the Giants twice is going to hurt, right? There's no, there's no doubt about that. But here we are with, with the same record, four games left. We went over their schedule last week. Um, and they, and they have a harder easy. road. No, oh. they have a harder road than us. I don't think so. Um, I would say I would say the Browns. They play the Browns the same time we play the Seahawks. The Browns right now are a harder team than the Seahawks, and you they saw play, what they did to the Titans. And then next week, this coming week, no. they play the Cardinals when we play the 49ers. That's essentially a wash, right? So, 49ers might be a little bit harder because that defense is getting a little bit healthier. Um, yeah, but, but then quarterback. Right. Huh? Who's the quarterback of the Niners? Is it C.J. Beathard? Is it Nick Mullins? It's Mullins, right? And, and no Kittle. And, and I mean, that's going to be a game. They got where Jordan Reed and Trent Williams. I was going to say, exactly. That's going to be a game where you assume our guys, right, our defense, right, Morgan Moses, all those guys that sort of got blindsided by Trent wanting out, right? Or, I mean, no, I don't think there's any bad blood towards Jordan Reed, but you can almost be like, hey, you guys left at the wrong time. This is a team you're going to want to be on. And I think our team is going to want to show that to, to Trent and Jordan. So the, the Giants got the Cardinals, the Browns, the Ravens, and then the Cowboys to finish off the season. They're at five wins now. I mean, the only gimme there is really the Cowboys. Right, which they're the Ravens are The Ravens are going to be fully healthy by, the, by then. The Browns are, are playing tops in the AFC, the Cardinals, they're at 6-6. Six six. I mean, where do you see them ending up? Four games. I can see them Win them split. all, they're at nine. I can see them splitting, right? I can see them going two, two and two out of those four. And honestly, I can see the same for us, right? Who, I can who do you have us, them beating? 
the Cowboys and the Cardinals? Yeah, I I can see that happening. I don't I don't think they'd take it over the Ravens and the Browns. Uh, Again, a lot of it depends on Daniel Jones, right? Because he's been Cardinals playing better football. Good. He's been playing better football, but he still has that mistake factor to him. What it's gotten better, but it's still there as a killer, right? And and with Colt, sort of like an Alex Smith, isn't isn't going to be that crazy of a gunslinger. He wants to be a gunslinger, but he's not going to be. Yeah, but, a, but but Colt turns the ball over way more than Alex. For sure, yeah. So I think yeah, I think for sure if Colt plays this week, I don't have them being the Cardinals. Daniel Jones plays. I I you know I hate to say, but I could see them beating the Cardinals. I could see them going eight. Eight and eight. Let's uh, pivot over to the football team. And we've got the Niners, the Seahawks, the Panthers, and then the Eagles. In my opinion, it's easy to go three and one on that stretch. Easier for us to go three and one than, than the Giants, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you can beat the Niners. I think the the Seahawks is going to be tough. Um, it's in it's in Washington. See, um, so, so we, we know how I, just that I, goes. I would say the, the Panthers Seahawks, and the Eagles. The I think Seahawks it would have been a tougher game. The Seahawks would have been a tougher game if we didn't see the Giants beat them. If our defense, which I'm going to go out and say our defense is better than their their defense, if our defense didn't essentially see the recipe to beating the Seahawks. Right. I think it would have been harder. But because we sort of have that blueprint, I think Jack Del Rio and our defense does an even better job than the Giants did. And I think our offense has more scoring firepower than the Giants do. I just think that Russell Wilson doesn't lose many games. Right. And I feel like he's, he's lost that one game that he should have won. And that was last week. I don't really see him losing. Uh, you know, honestly, unfortunately, I, I think I think we can get three. I think the Giants can also get three, which will really haunt us, right? Because it's going back to that two-point conversion that you talked about. We end up with the same record. The Giants get in. We're sitting on the sidelines. But um, don't, don't but, forget, but I think, we, we still have a chance at the wild card. So there's a chance that both Giants and Washington can get in. No, at eight. And there's a very so. good chance... There's a very, very good chance that if we do win the East, we get a home playoff game against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, right? There's a very good chance that happens, which would just be phenomenal. But look, man, I don't I don't want to be a realist right now. I want to keep riding the hype train that is this team that beat an undefeated Steelers. And I'm going to go full homer right here. I think we can win the Super Bowl. Hold on, hold on. We're talking. We're slow down there, buddy. No, no, no. Hold on. Listen, listen oh. to this theory. Listen to this theory that I have. Okay. We can win this Super Bowl the same way that Peyton Manning and the Broncos won their Super Bowl against Ron Rivera, right? It was against Ron Rivera and the Panthers, right? Right. So you had a Jack Del Rio-led defense on the Broncos. You have a Jack Del Rio-led defense on Washington football team. And you had a declining Peyton Manning on that Denver offense. And you have Alex Smith on the Washington football team. 
if you compare Peyton Manning in that postseason to Alex Smith and how he's sort of playing right now, they were very comparable, right? And the difference I would was, actually say Alex is playing better than what Peyton played. Yeah, but the, that, the, that, the, that run. the similarity is, like, obviously Peyton Manning, much better quarterback, but the the key was Peyton's IQ, right? He got his offense in position to score without the his talent of his arm, right? Just play calling, adjustments on the line, audibles, all that. And we're seeing that with Alex Smith where he's – correcting protections he's making audible calls we're getting different guys in motion different reads and and that's sort of like that special sauce that we're that we're seeing now so again full homer i think there's a very good chance that you can ride this defense with an alex smith iq on top and sort of just shock the world right because what team in the nfc really scares you really really scares you let's say you beat the seahawks new orleans green bay seattle the rams the rams i would say the rams would be the most worrisome but you're not gonna see dude new orleans is winning without drew Brees. (laughs) think about that they're winning they've won the last two games without drew Brees. they have a tight end or whatever he is an an all-purpose player Playing uh, receiver or quarterback. I mean, he's I, I I get it, but the Rams, the Saints are good. I I get it, and we. But here's the thing: you're not seeing those guys until very late in the playoffs, right? Let's hold on. I want to go back to this wild card thing that you're talking about. So right now, the 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 Vikings have six wins. The Cardinals have six wins, and then us. Detroit, San Francisco, all have five. So the Cardinals have the head-to-head win over us, so we'd have to get a better record than them. So that means we'd have to be we, – we're down two games from them. Which is possible because they still have, I think, the Rams and the Seahawks again, right? Something like that. Hmm. I mean, I guess it's possible. Anything can happen this year. It's, I don't it's, know. You, you know what else is possible? You know what else is possible? The football team wins out. That's very possible. <laughs> yes. That is very, very, very possible. But I'm saying wins out all the way to the Super Bowl. You cannot tell me that if we win the next four games, right, the next four games, and you're yeah. hosting a playoff game against a whatever Vikings team or a whatever Cardinals or Bears or whoever the F it's going to be that you can't win that game? You're telling me you can't win that game? Of course you can win that game. No, I'm I'm saying it'd be a stretch to beat New Orleans or Green Bay. Okay, the Rams, possibly. Jared Goff's not playing that well. But Green Bay... What makes it it the stretch that we can score on their defense? That's not a stretch because... While the Saints have a good yeah, we defense, stop the high-powered Saints or the high-powered Packers. Why can't we? What potent offense have we stopped this year? We so, certainly didn't stop Baker Mayfield. So, look, the Steelers were injured, right? We, we get didn't that. stop, but uh, listen, Joe the, Burrow. But the Steelers the were half. more injured. The Steelers were more injured on 
defense than they were on offense. They didn't have yeah, a running game. The Steelers game. don't have a potent offense. The Steelers are, are, I mean, forever. For the past 50 years, they're winning games 19 to 10 or, you know, 19 right, to 12. But I mean, the, the Steelers have a Hall of Fame quarterback and one of the better receiving cores in the league. Yeah, but it's not Drew Brees and it's not Aaron Rodgers. It's not. I agree, but I, I would say you have a better chance of beating Aaron Rodgers than Drew, Drew Brees. I don't know. You think? But, you think? But I'm saying, the, is, is your fear that our defense can't hold up against those teams? If our defense can beat Russell Wilson, right? Let's say we beat Russell Wilson. Let's say we beat. Uh, whatever crap that the 49ers put on the field, right? Let's say we slow down Christian McCaffrey and we stop the Panthers offense and Teddy two gloves doesn't get to run all over us. And then Jalen hurts or whatever the Eagles put out on the field. They don't, they don't do anything against us, right? If you have four games with that defense gelling even more, what, what makes you think that we can't do it against the Packers or, or a saints? Right, they've had some questionable losses themselves. Like they're I'm not, not ready to talk playoffs. <laughs> I'm ready to talk the next four games. I'm not ready to talk playoffs. All right, you know what? And that brings us to the next point: is Ron Rivera preaching, uh, being humble, and preaching humility, and preaching one game at a time. And that again, huge contrast to what Jay Gruden would have done. After Steelers win. Oh, dude, it would have been a week-long party. <laughs> he would <laughs> be smoking doobies trying to get college punani, <laughs> like, out in Georgetown or something. I don't know. Getting caught on TMZ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they would have probably all gotten COVID. <laughs> Did you actually think about that? If this if this was a, a Jay Gruden led team with Bruce Allen as your GM, we would probably have ninety seven percent of this team on COVID protocol. There's not a doubt in my mind that Absolutely. we would have zero control over it. And we've only had one, which was Ionitis, who wasn't even playing at the time. Like Yeah, he's on IR, right? So he Yeah. This team is just trending in the right <laughs> way across the board. It's discipline, right? It's the it's the stuff that Ron has preached since day one. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's uh it's nice to see. It's refreshing to see what this team has has become. In what? When did Ron get hired? Okay, almost a year. It's refreshing exactly to see year, yeah. a culture change. It's refreshing to see. Um, what's his name? Jason Wright. Hmm? <laughs> I was hoping I didn't get his name wrong. <laughs> I know it's Jason. It's refreshing to see him, right? It's refreshing to see the culture change in Ashburn. Um, and maybe, maybe maybe it was the name curse. Maybe it was the name curse. No, it was the Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder curse, and half of it, it was is the still Bruce here. Allen and Benicio Rado curse. That was <laughs> that was the tenure of of awfulness. Is either fallen under Benicio Rado or Bruce Allen. Now to come crashing back down to earth. Right. We lost Antonio Gibson to turf toe. Might be a week, might be two weeks. That's a big, big loss because we were we were moving the ball. We were running. We were doing some things with him. What, what is turf toe? Do you know? Uh, 
you played football, and every time someone had turf toe before, you would say it's just a big old blister on his foot. I mean, oh, yeah, that's really it's, true. It's, I think that's FP made up stuff. No, it's it's. I mean, Google it while I pull something out of the butt file real quick. But I'm pretty sure it's like the tip of your toe is like swollen, bruised, raw, right? And it like it's painful to the okay, touch. Okay, you're, you're you're done. Turf toe is a simple sprain to the ligament at the base of the big toe or the great toe. Can be caused by shoe grips, as the shoe grips on hard surface and sticks to, and sticks causing body weight to go forward, and so bending the toe up. That's weird. Basically, it's a sprain of the ligament on so the I was base completely of the big wrong, toe. But yeah. whatever, it sucks, and it can it kept out but, uh, Adams from the Packers for like four weeks. Yeah, but you remember Pierre Garçon had it, and uh, he was out, and he would get like injections, right? And he came back, and he had that that there was the uh, the RG three year. Did they like numb it? He got it. He got it in New Orleans, the first game of the year. He was out for like a week or two, and then he just kept taking injections, and he was playing through it the whole year. And then towards the end of the year, they're like, I don't know if this is a good idea, but. He stuck. He stuck through it. So was it? But it was it our fired medical staff that kept giving him injections. Of course, it's Bruce Allen making so the decision. So real medical staff wouldn't do that. <laughs> Numb that sucker up and let's get on the field. Hey, just walk it off. Come on, you'll be good. you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You got a big bump on it. You'll be fine. All right. Well, whatever the point is, turf toe for some players they can get over it in a week. Some other players four weeks, whatever. At the beginning of the year, I thought we were complete idiots for getting rid of Adrian Peterson. I thought we were complete idiots for trying to do run running by committee. Dude, I uh, Peyton Barber got it. I mean, no, for he, sure. he had a huge game. Yeah, sure. but he's also but I, I got think, to him the ball 30 times for him exactly. to get it. Exactly. And I thought we were stupid for having J.D. McKissick and Peyton Barber. And I was like, who the F wants these guys? Like, they haven't done crap like in their entire careers except for like what JD McKissick like for six games earlier or something. But somehow, some way, Ron Rivera and the team and the scouts and, and and the front office saw something, saw that it could work, and thank God we have JD McKissick with check down King Alex Smith because that is like a match made in heaven. And thank God that you have Peyton Barber who, while he's not as explosive as AG, he's still kind of like your gritty cowbell bull rush running back. What's crazy is that he's small and he is like, he's a lock for third and two, third and one, fourth and one. It's it's insane. And, and, but like, think like, what are the chances, like, in previous years, if you lose your stud running back, that was it. Yeah. Like, we had no replacements. Well, that happened to us every year, I want to say, since Alfred Morris. We've lost running back. We lost Matt Jones. We lost uh, Matt Robb. Yeah, no, and the list goes Chris on. Thompson, like. <laughs> Chris Thompson, we lost 16 times in six years. But, yeah. Um, I... I I'm interested to see whether Peyton Barber can get more of a workload. What's funny is that literally before the last game, Ron Rivera said that he wanted to find a way to get Peyton Barber more touches. And then here we go. 
But didn't we? We also our... just uh, signed somebody from like the practice squad or something, or we're bumping him up. Yeah, right? some some, some dude who's a terp. So that yeah. means he's probably a, not very good. Were you gonna say ghetto? I was thinking ghetto. I was gonna say college turd, park. But... <laughs> college park, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. When was the last time Maryland had a good football product? Two thousand two. Was it even? I, wasn't that when it was? Was Steve Blake the quarterback? <laughs> I think they won the championship Steve, in 2002. Steve Blake was the was the guard who won the, the national championship in basketball, if you didn't know. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. What we, what we have seen with Scott Turner is if you can't run the ball, we're going to get some crazy screens and we're going to get, you know, so much pre-snap movement that we're going to complement the run game with a short passing game, and we'll still be able to move the ball down the field. Right, and the, the short passing game is our run game. Like, it's, it has become the same thing. Who cares if it's a handoff or if it's a half-yard pass to the left? Like, it's the same crap. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you saw Brian Sheriff go down. I haven't seen an update on him yet, but he came back in the game, so I assume uh, he'll be able to tough through it. Um. And then yeah, Morgan Moses obviously moving back to the right tackle uh, with um, was it Cornelius Lucas right. the third at left tackle. I mean, lo- looking honestly, at looking at the team, I, do you really see any glaring hole still? Like before the season, tight end was a glaring hole. Logan Thomas decided to show the f up and become an amazing tight end, and I yeah. see him only getting better. No hole there. We, we thought receiver was a hole. Camp Sims playing ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and yeah, you see all all the guys, right? And you see Disjazer Everett at safety. We talked mm-hmm. about him. Cam Crowell at safety. Right. John. Even Boston, linebacker like Packers. Holcomb's yeah. doing great right now, right? Yeah. Like he's Holcomb, he's playing Boston, better. Yeah. Pierre Lewis, all of them. Right. You're right. There's not a glaring hole at this point in the season right now. I mean, right. obviously Next. outside of possibly running back right because that's a that's a big unknown we know what jd can do but i mean i still want to see them being able to run through the tackles being able you know kind of like i don't i want another antonio gibson back there right but i mean antonio gibson once he comes back you can see that his vision's gotten better and he's essentially shored up that hole right and the thing is like the reason why we no longer see glaring holes on this team is because they're finally getting coached up. And that's yeah. something we've never had before. They're finally week in and week out reviewing tape, getting a lesson, practicing it, improving. We've yeah, never had that on. before. Yep. That's, a, that's an awesome point. Absolutely. Is Darius Geis available? He was never suspended. I don't uh, think by the league. It was just cut. <laughs> I don't know what his what his uh, criminal situation is like right now, but I'd imagine Ron's not going to bring him back. He's not a character guy that you want, which is crazy because he wasn't a character guy when he we got draft when he got drafted, and then all of a sudden he had great character. Everybody loved him. Fans loved him. Community loved him. Team loved him. And then domestic violence. So <laughs> maybe he really wasn't a character guy. Yeah, whatever. That's not for us to judge. Who knows what the what the situation there is like? But 
overall, I think the outlook is very positive. Um, another big story happened in D.C. sports last week, and that is the trade of John Wall for Russell Westbrook. Uh, I got to be honest. Now, homie. Whatever. Eastbrook. <laughs> That's so lame. Thanks. I You're didn't welcome. come up with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will be first to admit I was I mean, I mean, I'm still a huge John Wall fan. Um, sad to see him go. Completely understand it. If I take my emotions out of it from the, from the basketball perspective, I mean, Russell Westbrook's a better player. Let's be honest. We have Absolutely. no idea what John Wall can do. He hasn't played in two years. Brad wanted to win now. I'm, I'm assuming he signed off on that. Um, really odd turn of events how apparently Ted and Tommy Shepard didn't want John because of the, the video that was released over the weekend, but then John requested the trade, and then they took out a page in the, the, the front page of the Washington Post to thank him. Just, I mean, I don't know. It, I just it, think that's it was an odd. emotional roller coaster. Like, was it bad or was it good? Did you guys end on a bad? You know, was the relationship bad or was it good? I think so it, was it, just, it was just a mutual parting, right? And there was probably some bad blood and some respect just all jumbled up together. I mean, it was an emotional roller coaster for me, like, the second the, the news broke, I think like every 10 seconds I flip-flopped on being excited and being sad all at the same time. But then, yeah, when you look at it strictly from like a product on the court, you have to like it, right? Like you have to like Westbrook coming into this offense that it was a weren't we? We were like 10th most efficient or like highest scoring offense before the bubble or something like that. Like, the the group that he's joining, I don't think Westbrook has really had that much firepower surrounding him, which no, he did it in OKC, obviously with KD when he had uh, right, James Harden okay, there. yeah, but Stephen Adams. After that point, he hasn't had anything really, and he sort of had to be the man. Now that sort of goes down a little bit, and then you can start getting triple double Westbrook, where he can start getting us some rebounds. And because Bradley doesn't have to be the guy, you can see his defense probably get a little bit better. And then overall, I think, like, on a limb, I would say we could be, like, a top five scoring offense in the NBA. And then the question would be, will your defense improve from the crap show that it was last season? I mean, look, nobody plays defense in the NBA anymore. It's 2020. It's all about highlights and stats and all that stuff. Nobody plays defense. All you need to do is be able to outscore the other team. Which we should I mean, very much be able to do. So on Russ's first day um, in the facility for practice, he showed up three hours early. And all the players were like, oh, my gosh, he set the tone. Like, I mean, showing up three hours early. I mean, I thought I was a hard worker. I don't show up anywhere three hours early. I mean, th- maybe three minutes. If I show up three minutes late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say maybe three minutes, but I mean. Yeah, that's impressive. NBA season is like, what, two weeks away or something like that? Uh, the day before Christmas, I want to say, the 20, 22nd or 23rd. Um, I, I think it's all, all in all, I think it's going to be a good move. Um, but only time will tell. It's going to be interesting so to see they're, how. They're not doing how, bubble, right? No. Is um, it going to be empty stadiums? Empty stadiums, I think, yeah. There's no fans. Probably testing every day kind of thing. So normal Wizards games. 
<laughs> I guess. I guess. I mean, throwing yeah, I mean, on a 7 know. o'clock Tuesday game on CSN where you hear like, three fans, it's going to sound exactly the same to us. I mean, I, honestly, I think it's going to be much easier for NBA players to stay away from COVID because they're playing like every night, every other night they're practicing. So they're with the team. I mean, you're with the team pretty much the whole time, right? And if they're, they're kind of creating their own. Freedom. Yeah, they're kind of creating their own bubble. Um, and then they're probably going to get tested every day. They take their charter flights all together, right? So um, there's no risk there. I don't know. I, if anything, I, I hope that what the NFL has shown in the resiliency with COVID and then also what you know all the other sports have shown, this can be done. There is no reason to cancel sports uh, anymore. I don't know if the NFL should really be looked at for how they're handling COVID. No, I mean – yeah, of course there's bumps and there's bumps and lumps here, but they're not throwing up their hands and, and calling it quits, right? True. So you got to give them that, right? Like you got to yeah. be flexible, right? It's not you're not going to play every game on Sunday. You may have extra weeks. You may need, you know, a team may need a quarantine for I a mean, week the, or two. The they, scheduling you know, staff for the NFL is like they're they should be MVP of the league just for how much coordination they've been going through just trying their best to like balance everything out. I didn't read the NFL's explanation on why Des Bryant got pulled. Or, I mean, I know why he got pulled, but why they didn't cancel the game. But that, that was an odd decision, right? If he was in the locker room and then he tested positive and he was on the field. Yeah, he was like hugging that, Cowboys players. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't that mean that he could have spread it? I don't know. Shouldn't that like fire off some contract contact tracing protocol or something and like the entire cowboys offense now is in covid protocol yeah who knows i mean i haven't seen seen the the list today um but i guess we'll see in a couple days i mean if if nothing happens if nothing happens to the cowboys or the ravens because of that if you're the denver broncos you should be extremely pissed that they got screwed over and then somehow the cowboys and the ravens don't yeah, there's no doubt about that. The Broncos got screwed over. Royal I don't get that. Screwed. Yeah, horrible. All right, let's put a bow on the show. Um, FP, it's been fun. Um, we will probably talk on Sunday. Is it a 4 o'clock game? 4 o'clock four game. Yeah. Which and is we'll uh, kind of nice because we've been sort of on that timeline for the last two games. So. Yeah, yeah. I like I liked my Sunday 1 o'clock, though. But yeah. uh, you know what? It's the, it's the first week of um, fantasy football playoffs, which I'm sure you're you're going to be a big part of FP. Um, <laughs> maybe not. How many, like how many my, wins? Do you come have on, this man! Year? It's like it's like my first year I didn't make playoffs in like six years. Give me a break. Did you did you get a single win this year? I think I'm I think I'm at like three, maybe maybe. No, four. you're not. There's no way you're at three. Yeah. You just you literally just told me you haven't broken 100 points this year. <laughs> Uh, it's my fault for trusting Tom Brady and a, a Steelers running back. <laughs> <laughs> that got traded to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and whatever. Hail to the football team. The social media for the football team has been on point. <laughs> I love it. This team is gelling. They're clicking. They're loving each other. They're playing for each other. And Ron Rivera is 
absolutely the guy I want in charge of this team right now, and I couldn't be happier. Go football team. We are out.